Welcome back to my podcast, Living with Marilyn. Please be aware that during this episode, I will be talking about subjects that some people will find triggering. Also, if you're around small children, there will be some subjects discussed that you may not want your children to hear. This is an episode about the new Netflix movie, Blonde. Well, it's the episode we've kind of all been talking about for a few months. It was always going to happen and always going to come. And it's finally here. It's the release of Netflix movie Blonde, based on the novel by Joyce Carol Oates. It has now been turned into a Netflix movie. I held out not a lot of hope for this, but you never know, do you? You've got to always think there's something good going to happen. And I saw the trailer and I've got to be honest with you, I was quite impressed with the trailer. I thought Anna Diarmes looked amazing as Marilyn Monroe. I thought the 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 edit of it looked great. I thought, wow, we're going to see. Because I thought the book, I'll be honest with you, the book Blonde, I read like 20 years ago. Now I say read, what I really did is I read the first few chapters and thought, this is horrendous. This is dis- disgusting to the memory of Marilyn Monroe. And um, I just started being a Marilyn Monroe impersonator. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to read any more of this when I could actually find out about the real Marilyn Monroe and pay tribute and honour and learn about this amazing woman. So I just chucked Blonde in the bin. So I didn't think a lot was going to be great about this movie. But the trailer, I've got to say, I was hopeful. I thought, "Mm, you never know. And then the reviews came out and we heard about the... the sections of the movie where you see inside Marilyn Monroe's womb and just rape scenes. And I was just, I thought, "Uh oh, this is not going to be good. And I wasn't wrong, sadly. I went Saturday the 23rd, I went to the Kings Road in Chelsea, Everyman Cinema, beautiful cinema if you've ever been to an Everyman Cinema. And I took my friend Lally with me and um, we settled into our seats. I got myself a large pour of white wine because even though I don't, drink hardly at all anymore um I thought you know what I'm gonna have some popcorn and the popcorn came in a lovely Marilyn Monroe um box so I thought do you know what I'm gonna have some popcorn and a glass of wine the glass of wine didn't help I mean I hardly drank it if I'm honest with you the film started and at first I was quite hopeful because it starts with Norma Jean as a little girl and her mother and you know the little girl's amazing amazing acting and it's very dramatized you understand that it's a movie we've all seen biopics and they are dramatized but um I was quite hopeful I was quite enjoying it and then it cut to Ana Diarmes as Marilyn Sorry, if you can hear that that's my pug getting quite excited about me talking about this I know I don't know yeah Um, And she does a scene from Don't Bother to Knock as Nell. And I've got to tell you, she does it amazingly. And I was really blown away. I turned to my friend and said, that was amazing. So I was quite, I'm still getting quite hopeful. However, then we see after she's done the audition that she has a meeting and a studio exec rapes her. Now, we know what goes on in these casting couches. And even that, I thought, didn't really like that, but I'm going to overlook it. It is a novel. I can deal with it. And, you know, I'm a grown woman. There's things that are going to make me uncomfortable in films. And it's Hollywood. But it didn't stop. It got worse. It was... It turned in to something that I can only describe as 
an assassination of Marilyn Monroe's character, her legacy, and everything she was, not only as a as an actress, but as a woman. Then we get introduced to Charlie Chaplin Jr., which some of you know, I'm a massive Chaplin fan. And uh, I was quite excited that Marilyn Monroe and Charlie Chaplin Jr. ever actually got together and met. Because if you read Charlie Chaplin Jr.'s autobiography, which finally, years later, I managed to track down and get a copy of, he talks about dating Marilyn. He's very complimentary about her, extremely complimentary. And he talks about when Marilyn Monroe finally met his dad, obviously the Charlie Chaplin, and how his dad and Marilyn got on really well. He said they went off and spoke together. And considering that both Marilyn and Chaplin both went into homes, even though they had they had parents, I think they probably would have really connected on this because both of them knew they were not orphans. And yet here they were treated like orphans and put in, Charlie Chaplin was put in a workhouse and Marilyn Monroe into an orphanage. And there's a part in the film Blonde where she says, but I'm not an orphan. And we all know that Marilyn Monroe felt that. So I think here Chaplin bonded with Marilyn. Um, So Charlie Chaplin Jr. in his autobiography, very complimentary. And he said that Marilyn Monroe went on to be a massive star and they they lost contact. And obviously she passed away while he was still alive. Not so in the film Blonde. In the film Blonde, Charlie Chaplin Jr. is a vile human being who ends up in a gay three-way with Edward G. Robinson Jr. Again, not gay. And do you know what? There's no problem with Charlie Chaplin Jr. being gay. The problem is, is when someone's not gay and they're not vicious and they're not vindictive and they're not treating someone as a sex object and yet they are in this. It's a complete assassination of his character as well, which is really harmful considering this poor guy died in his 40s too. It's just horrible. So he ends up, we see full-on sex scenes of Charlie Chaplin Jr., Edward G. Robinson Jr. and Marilyn Monroe to one of the scenes where we cut to Marilyn Monroe has just filmed Niagara, which if you've seen Niagara, is such a beautiful film and Marilyn acts acts her legs off, right? They're in the cinema watching this and Marilyn Monroe is masturbating Charlie Chaplin Jr., Edward G. Robinson, as they finger her. I feel really disgusting even saying this on this podcast because I think I'm going to have to do some trigger warnings on this before I start this podcast. By the way, there was no trigger warning before seeing it. And for all you people that think I'm being woke or all this sort of stuff, trigger warnings are there for reasons where people who have been experienced rape or abuse can know what they're about to see may bring up memories of that. So if you're one of those anti-woke people or think it's too, and trust me, I think some of this wokeness is a little bit crazy, but I'm not a big fan of now picking on the woke people or the anti-woke people. I think trigger warnings are really important, purely in a situation like this, where we are talking about rape, abuse, neglect, abortion. Oh, it's all in this. So we've got that with Marilyn. I think this is disgraceful to sit there watching Marilyn Monroe in Niagara and having to watch her in a cinema be fingered by two men. It's never had, what is this? Why is this in this? And people say it's a novel. Well, this is a real person. Charlie Chaplin Jr. was a real person. And these are real people's lives and nothing like the lives they are portraying. 
And I will say it, this film doesn't say it's based on a novel. It says that at the end credits, don't know how many of you stay for the end credits. And I know on Netflix, it usually cuts to the next thing you want to watch before you even see credits. But it gets worse, people, gets worse. Marilyn Monroe ends up pregnant and we see her go for an abortion. And at that moment, the fetus that's about to be aborted decides to talk to Marilyn and she talks to the aborted fetus. Then inside, we Marilyn panics that she doesn't want to have an abortion, but by then they have put, we see her vagina open up and the doctor go in, a point of view of the doctor going in. I want to talk about these points of views in this film because this director does not seem to know what he wants to do with this film. He wants point of view shots like he's in a Spike Lee movie. He wants black and white shots like he's making Breathless. He wants colour shots like he's making a art house movie. I don't know what he wants in this movie, but it ends up being nothing. It's just spliced between the real pictures of Marilyn Monroe with Anna Diarmez's face superimposed over them, like something crudely done on Instagram or TikTok. And then we see, you know, it turns to black and white and then it's colour and it's just, it's trying too hard. And then it turns into some flowery art movie during the sex scenes. It's just, it's just desperately trying to win an Oscar, but it's Marilyn Monroe's expense of her reputation and her image and her legacy. I'm really sorry to have to do this podcast, the things I'm about to say, because I actually feel sick saying them, talking about these things that never happened in Marilyn Monroe's life. We then get to the president, of course we do. I mean, as you all know, I've had to make Marilyn Monroe documentaries where the president will always be involved. We knew we expected it. However, we don't see the happy birthday. We don't see the beautiful dress of the happy birthday dress. What we do see is Marilyn Monroe being dragged in by the Secret Service into President Kennedy's room where he's lying there in his boxer shorts on the phone. He doesn't even bother to get off the phone when Marilyn Monroe arrives. Looking pretty, she's sat down on the bed to which she then carries on to, he obviously tells her to get on with it which means a hand job. I feel disgusting saying this. I'm so sorry. Um, and then a blue blow job. And as she's doing this, we get a point of view from Kennedy. So Marilyn's face fills the screen as she pleasures. I hate using it. I can't think of any other word because I don't want to use the word. The president. And it goes on and on. I couldn't help thinking at this moment, and this may be just my opinion, but I felt like this was a backlash to the Me Too movement. This is a male director. This is a female actress. This is a female icon's legacy. And to have her full frontal point of view blowjob, something you'd see in a porn film. I don't care if this was made up. I don't care if this is a novel. This is a real person and a person that means a lot to a lot of people. It's also Marilyn Monroe died tragically at 36. This is someone's legacy. And it makes me wonder how the director would feel. Uh, Brad Pitt, who invested in the film, who's one of the producers, how they would feel if the person they loved or them themselves, when they had passed, take their legacy and their story and turn it to something like this. I think we'd all find ourselves in court. 
But unfortunately, and this lands with the Marilyn Monroe estate, there's nobody to look after Marilyn Monroe. They are lawyers, they're accountants, they're doing a job, but they don't love Marilyn. And unfortunately, us as fans, the only thing we're left to do is to put the truth out there. And once again, here we are defending Marilyn Monroe's honour. And it's funny, isn't it, as a fan, when people say, oh, you know, Marilyn Monroe is this, Marilyn Monroe is that, you can't defend her for everything. I, most of the fans I talk to, we're pretty realistic people. We know some of the stories of Marilyn Monroe. We know what Hollywood was like of those days. And we could understand probably some of the things that Marilyn Monroe had to do. However, these, this film is not about that. This film is exploiting her. It's kind of like a pawn because it's shot like a pawn in these sexual scenes. She's never funny. She's never witty. I think there was one part where she's with Whitney Snyder and she's actually quite funny. One in three hour long film, one scene of her actually being funny. I mean, we've got her with the DiMaggio family, not realizing that people make spaghetti or how to eat an egg. This is the level we've gone to in this film. People may argue, Susie, get over it. It's not meant to be Marilyn Monroe's life story, but I'm sorry to say, it is because it's sold as blonde Marilyn Monroe on Netflix. People are not going to realize you've got her husbands in there. She did marry those husbands. She did go in an orphanage. She did sing happy birthday, Mr. President. You've used real people and real people's lives, but you've completely fabricated it, but fabricated it for the wrong reason. You've not enhanced her. You've destroyed her. And it makes me wonder if Joyce Carol Oates hates Marilyn because the anyone who could write Marilyn Monroe like this is either resentful or just wants to tear down this one legacy that this woman tried so hard to do. I don't want to make this a really long episode because I'm going to have some guests on later to talk about when they've seen it and I'll be interested in you as the listener. Please write me an email um, I'm on Instagram and um, yeah, just Instagram really. Or you can get me through my website, um, Facebook. I'm visible visible there, but I'm not on it. Um, I've kind of reduced my social media. I would like to hear your thoughts when you have seen this. These are my thoughts. I'm shocked. I've had to take today off Sunday as a self-care day because I'm still processing what I feel about this. The only bit I liked, because I like to see good in things, was at the end, a vicious thing happens. Charlie Chaplin Jr. dies, and um, which never happened because he died after Marilyn, six years after Marilyn. And he says, the letters you've been receiving from your father were not from your father. They were from me. It was an evil joke me and Edward G. Robinson Jr. were doing which is wicked. Isn't that a wicked thing to put on somebody? And Marilyn is so distressed. She, she kills herself. So it's like blaming Charlie Chaplin Jr. for her death, which is a wicked, wicked thing to place on anybody. And at that moment, Marilyn Monroe passes away and the whole film seems to be Marilyn Monroe's obsession with not knowing her father, which I think was a real thing in Marilyn Monroe's life. I think she wasn't happy that she never had her father around. And when she did approach him, he didn't want to know her. But it, it the end is the only thing, and I don't think it was for them, but she finally passes and she sees the picture of her dad and she says, I'm finally with my father. 
And at that moment, I could, as a Christian, you guys know I'm a Christian. I thought, yes, Marilyn, you finally are with your father, but not your father that biologically made you. You're with the father that made you in heaven, that knitted you in your mother's womb, as it says in the Bible. And I hope and pray that the light will win in this. And so many people speak out to the point where already I can feel the air of disgust and it's not even been out. People people do feel protective of Marilyn and it's shame on these people for having to throw her under the bus. And you know what, if they win their Oscar, if that, <laughs> Marilyn Monroe already said, what was the comment about Hollywood? You know, um, Hollywood, they only care about a girl's hairdo, not a virtue. And they'll give you, you know, 50 cents for your soul and a million dollars for your kiss. So, yeah, get your Oscar if you get it. But at the, at what cost to this woman? And I believe that God sees it all. And it's not a good look. Really not. And it's harmful. As for the actress playing Marilyn, I think it's a shame because I thought she looked amazing. And that scene she did with Nell doing the from Don't Bother to Knock was just showed her acting ability was fantastic. And it's such a shame that we could have had a beautiful Marilyn Monroe bio made with a really great actress. Instead, this actress to me was exploited. She may not feel she was, she chose to do these things. But to me, as a woman watching that, I felt I was watching a woman be exploited. That's how I felt. I felt Marilyn Monroe was being exploited. I don't want to make this too long and um, I'm quite emotional about it, but I just wanted to get this out so you can hear my views. Um, it was just a shame. There was nothing, nothing good I can say about that. And um, there was a part that Marilyn really lived with me where at the end of her life in a last taped interview with uh, Richard Merriman, you know, in Life magazine a few days before her death, 3rd of August, 62. She said, please don't make me a joke. I don't mind making jokes, but I don't want to look like one. I want to be an artist, an actress with integrity. Well, Marilyn, if you can hear me, wherever you are, you are. You are an actress, an artist, and you have integrity. And you're a legend. And that's why people still talk about you. And that's why these people who will not be remembered like you 60 years after their death, have to destroy you. They have to because they can't be you. And as we've learned, when people can't be you, they'll either love you or destroy you. And sadly, these people have destroyed her. There's a part of the, in the movie where Anna Diarmez is um, playing sugar cane in Some Like It Hot. And as Marilyn, she screams, I hate this effing movie. And you know what? That pretty much sums up how I feel about that movie too. That's probably the only truest thing Marilyn Monroe said in that film. Anyway, I'm going to leave you now. <clears throat> I hope that you, it's a bit of a heavy podcast, but I will be doing another one where I have some guests on, talk about how they feel after they've seen this film. And I'd be interested to hear your feedback of what you feel about this film when you've watched it. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you next time.